Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Survival Show Podcast, the Manly Musing segment. I'll be your host today, Craig Cottle. Really appreciate that you've joined me here. I have a question for you all. Have you all heard that there's this thing going around called the coronavirus? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's everywhere, isn't it? As far as at least the news is concerned. Social media, mainstream media, conversations when you go out. It seems like it's everywhere. Well, I've had the good fortune of being able to assist and coach a lot of people through this process. And very thankful that as Instructor Nature Reliance School people come to us and see that we offer sound advice and level-headedness as best we can. And very thankful that we have the Survival Show podcast. We've been able to get some good information out. Here's what I wanted to do today, you all. Without a doubt, I am splitting this into two distinct segments. And I think it's necessary. Quite frankly, there's two sides to the way I'm viewing what's going on around us. And that is, one, I'm trying to be incredibly level-headed, trying to keep those that are not being level-headed or not calm or those that are fearful trying to get those people calmed and okay and the other side of me that i haven't talked much about is the part that's getting more and more i don't know what i should call it mad maybe it's not the right word but aggravated frustrated in what i'm seeing that's happening to you know for lack of a better way of saying it our liberties so I'm going to split these into two different podcasts. Podcast number one, I'm calling Dr. Jekyll. Podcast number two, I'm calling Dr. Hyde. So in this one, what I want to do is continue on the idea of this level-headedness, the things that we can do to, as best we can here at the Survival Show Podcast, help you out. First off, one of our continuing sponsors, obviously, is the Tiny Survival Guide that David and I wrote, put together, and is out there. I think it's been a fantastic resource for people for this particular situation. Uh, David has updated me and said that those things are selling really well on Amazon, selling really well on the tinysurvival.com website. So check one of those out. Get those. Get yourself a, a tiny kit, whatever it is that you think you might need, specifically the Tiny Survival Guide. Uh, the reason I'm suggesting it, sometimes we sell it, talk about it just because, hey, it's an important sponsor and we need to do that. But right now, it is. this is why we put it out, you all, for times like this. Uh, a lot of people criticize us saying that, uh, well, you'll never be able to use something like that in a true disaster survival situation. Well, that's just obviously totally untrue. There's two times you use the tiny survival guide, and that is one, like times like right now. Like you need to jog your memory on some things, or you need a checklist. Like, man, what do I really need to put in a IFAC or a a first aid kit or what kind of things do I need in a bug out bag in case I do have to actually bug out again what are the secrets and what are the things that you need to know to stay bugged in which is what my recommendation is is to stay put when and where you can all that's in the tiny survival guide so pick one of those up check them out it's a fantastic resource um, obviously and then utilizing it as a as a training tool to know what kind of things you're missing not just gear, you know, we always talk about here on the mindset tactics or mindset skills, tactics and gear here on the survival show podcast. That's something I started teaching, you know, back in 2009, I stole that idea straight from the United States military. It's a fantastic mindset, skills, tactics, gear approach to 
everything that we do, anything that you might do under stress, I think you need to look at it mindset, skills, tactics, and gear. That said, let's get into some of the Dr. Jekyll side of things, the good side of things, the level-headed side of things, and we'll see where it takes us. So <clears throat> I guess the big thing to get across is this, and that is if you're not prepared for a long-term stay inside your home, you need to do that right now. I mean, right now. There is no more time to plan. If you don't have the supplies that you need to stay in your house for a minimum of 30 days and not come out of it, then you need to get those supplies now, literally right now. You need to listen to what we have to say on the podcast and then start making a list and get the things that you need to get, okay? Because that's coming, you all. I mean, it, it, some variation of that is coming to a large segment of the country. And our and, and fortunately for us, the Survival Show podcast goes to other parts of the world, too. So we're very thankful for that. Anybody, wherever you find yourself, there is a good chance that wherever you are, that you're going to be in your home and not allowed to leave for 30 days. So for those that are, you know, mindful of well, how they're going to enforce that and all that stuff, we'll come back for part two because I'm going to discuss my thoughts on all that as well. The somewhat negative side of all this, if that's, if that's a way to look at it. So what I've been telling everybody is right now you need to plan for 30 days and most likely plan for three months in your home. You know, I'm no different than everybody else. I don't want that to happen. I don't want, I don't, I'm not one of these guys who's like, ooh, I've been saying all this is going to happen. You need to get a tiny guide. You need to buy my books. You need to listen to podcasts. You need to do all that stuff. And nah, 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 you didn't do all that. No, this absolutely, the fact that people are not prepared actually makes me mad at myself more than anything that I didn't do the things that I could possibly do to convince people that they should listen. Now that people are listening, then listen to what I'm telling you right now. You need to get what you need to stay in your home for 30 days. Even better, get it to stay there for three months. And I'm not saying it's going to be sunshine, peace, and love, and it's going to be a vacation, and it's going to be a slumber party. It's not going to be those things. It's not going to be fun at all. However, I think we need to be prepared for that. So here's some things that I just... I put together a list of things that I thought, you know, what are the things that people are most likely going to miss if they do that? And again, we've talked about these dozens of times, literally over the years in my books and my classes and survival show podcast and, and my blogs and everything that I do. But let's, let's just take a look at some things here that I think are going to be likely to get missed. The big one is just simple hygiene. There's been a whole lot that has been said and done about the fact that uh, hand sanitizer is so much more uh, hard to get now. Uh, you can't really find any. And here in Kentucky, which is one of the things that I love about Kentuckians, is that the bourbon distilleries, the moonshine distilleries, the legal ones, have all stepped up and are making hand sanitizer now. And because basically, as a, a friend of mine actually makes and sells moonshine legally, and they were in the business of uh, getting say, hand sanitizer or getting all their operations switched over to making hand sanitizer. Um, and and he said it's really worked out really good because it's what they refer to as the tails. It's, it's the stuff that doesn't make the best moonshine anyway. 
And so they don't really use it. And so now they can utilize that part of the process to make hand sanitizer, which I love. I absolutely love. So, yeah, get some hand sanitizer. Look up your uh, Route 32, Moonshine, your, you know, all the different bourbon distilleries here in Kentucky and get you some hand sanitizer. It's, it's out there. So, with that said, what kind of things can we do for hygiene in our own homes that are problematic that we need to fix? The first one is water for your toilets. I see that being the big one, you all. That being the big thing that often gets missed more than anything else is that you get stuck in your home. Everybody still wanting to use the bathroom. Nobody really knows how to use the bathroom outside, so they go to the toilet, use the bathroom. And now... Uh, in, in short order, like I'm saying two days, if everybody's utilizing the bathroom the way they normally do, then you've got a significant problem in your house in two days if it's not getting flushed out. So you've got to come up with solutions for that, and I've got some, some ideas for you. First off, it's what those of us who have grown up in the country or grown up in rural areas of the country and and had cisterns, which if you don't know what that is, and again, I don't know exactly the demographics of this particular podcast. I know it's diversified really good, which I really am thankful for. So I don't really know if you all know what a cistern is, but a cistern um, is basically just a, um, a catch basin for water that typically was rainwater that came off a roof guttered into this catch basin and then that's the water system you used in your home so that's the way it was for years for many people and it was just the way that they would catch their water they would clean it in different times they would run it through charcoal filters and all sorts of things so this whole idea of these small charcoal filters as being something new that's something that my great-grandparents had on their house okay i mean it's just it's not something new at all but with that said um so what we, the thing that I was referring to that we did in the country is we did not want to waste water whenever we didn't have to actually utilize it. And we said it like this, if it's yellow, let it mellow. And if it's brown, send it down. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not that you have to, every time you urinate in your toilet, you have to flush it. Save that so that when you do have feces in the toilet, you can then flush it. Now... If for some reason there's a, and this is why I want to bring this up, if something happens such that there is a disruption to electric or water, then we've got to be in a position where we can still flush those commodes. And that's why I want to bring all this up. So first off, conserve water as best you can. Okay. Uh, one way that you can get water, if you know that this is getting ready to happen, is to plug your bathtub and fill it up full of water. So that at least you have that as a source of water. You can go ahead and plan on, we've, we've had a whole podcast just on water, but um, you can utilize the water from the bathtub as a means for both hygiene and for drinking water. You should plan easily, easily for a minimum of a gallon of water per day for every person that's in your house. And so literally a bathtub full of water is probably not going to last a full week. Okay. It's just not going to do it. So, you know, there's got to be some ways that you think about catch basins for water outside of your own home and how you can get that to your home. One of the things that you can do is get the big 55-gallon drum that you can get from different container companies, uh, attach that to your guttering system so at least you got another 55 gallons of water there that you can utilize, and you can have those in 
you know, around your house. You know, I've noticed that some municipalities have made that illegal. So that's something to consider, uh, something to be aware of. But having access to water is going to be really important. Um, when you're in a situation like this, you know, obviously keep the lid down on your toilet as best you can. Uh, you can uh, do that rather easily just by putting the lid down. Some people put plastic wrap over top of their toilet. I've seen that happen before. And that really helps keep some of that odor down if you're in a place where you know, you're going to stack up feces in a toilet for a day at least before you flush it all down. So you're going to have to have the plumbing supplies like a plunger and stuff like that to help make sure that goes down. And I know this all sounds really gross, but it is a real concern of mine that, think about it this way, if electric, let's say something happens and we get an attack on the electric grid or something alongside that, that again, that sort of thinking is going to come in part two. So join me back on that side of things. Um, then, you know, there's a good chance that the water company's not going to work either because typically they run on electric power doing the things that they do to clean water. So, you know, if the electric goes down for extended period of time, the water's probably going to go down for extended period of time as well. So beyond that, here's some things. Get a shovel, get some post hole diggers so that you can dig a hole in your backyard if you have one or at least somewhere nearby. Even if you live in an apartment building and there's some small section somewhere, then at least go out in the middle of the night and dig a hole with post hole diggers. Do your business out in that hole and then and cover it up. You do not want feces sitting around on top of the ground. This is disgusting, and it's very unhygienic and very problematic for a community, even if it's a small community that lives in a set of apartment buildings. So that would be some other things. Now, beyond that, what you can do is you can get garbage bags. You can set up a, a mock toilet. Basically, all that would include is a bucket and wrapped with uh, a garbage bag, uh, think of it like you did if you ever had children and you had diapers and you stuck them in a little disposable thing that wrapped the, the garbage, the diaper up so you didn't smell it all the time. That's basically what I'm saying is that you need to create something like a bucket with a garbage bag on it so that you can use the bathroom in it and then close the bag up and then continue to use the bathroom in it and until you know you get that garbage bag full and then you can remove that from your house in some way. A way that you can help take down the odor of a situation like that is to add some soil and or lime okay now one problem with lime is that it does definitely help keep the odors down but it may actually decrease the speed of the decomposition of the feces and so that's something you need to concern yourself with like where we teach our nature lawn school classes we have an outhouse and i have a cup there for everybody to to uh, put a cup, a little bit, a half a cup of lime on the feces after they use the bathroom if if they need to do a number two. And so that really, really helps keep the odor down quite a bit, actually. And so that's something you can do. Now, I would treat, if I was you, I would treat a bucket that's going to be a site for, the, for feces to be in a bathroom where you can go in there, use the bathroom the way that we're describing, and then close it up and don't go back in there until you have to go back in there and use the bathroom. So if there's other stuff that you need in there, then get it out and utilize it some other way because there is going to be an increased amount of stench in the air. There's going to be um, uh, an, a possible increase of bacteria in the air, and so you don't want to have to go in there any more than you have to. And again, this is this is like crazy talk, really, thinking about it. 
And then I don't really want this to happen. Obviously, I don't want it to happen. I don't want you to have to experience this. But as I'm looking around thinking, you know, what can I do for people? It's it's we've got to look at something as if not necessarily the worst case scenario, because even still, this is not a really bad situation having to poop in a bucket. But at the same time, it's going to be an incredible inconvenience for people that are not prepared for it. And so I want to do what I can to, to help with that. Now, the next part that I want to discuss here in part one is just basically your mindset. Everybody that listens to me for any length of time, go back to the Survival Show podcast. There's a, a, a tremendous amount of information there on mindset development and everything. Pick up my first book, Extreme Wilderness Survival. The first four chapters in that book are about uh, survival mindset. Pick up the tiny survival guide I mentioned earlier. It's a fantastic resource. Uh, the sections that are in there about mindset I wrote. And so these are all good things that you have to know or you should know as it relates to mindset. But I'm going to give you a list of things here to help you. Thanks for listening in. First off, it's what I tell our students in nature and school classes. It is what it is. And my, my kids have laughed at me for years because I say this actually, actually way too much, but, but, uh, no different than any other family. We've, we've had some difficulties in our family, um, health issues with different people in my family, financial issues, and we've never had to deal with anything real hardcore as far as warfare or anything like that, right? But particularly on the health-related issues, there's been some significant things that have happened in my family. And so I got in a habit real early on of just saying it is what it is. You know, I mean, you can allow things to just get increasingly bad in your mind and and just fester there and sit there and it just gets worse and worse. And you just can't do that. You've got to take a situation, look at it and go, OK, it is what it is. And what I mean by that is think about some things that are that are happening. For example, there's just a real good chance that somebody lives in your house is going to get COVID-19. OK, so think about it. If right now, you know, it looks like around 20 percent of the people that are in that are around it are getting it. And so in normal daily life. OK, so if 20 percent of that is happening, then if you've got a family of five, for example, or you're in a community of five people, then one of those people is going to get it. And so that is something to really consider. It's it's easy. It's really easy to want to go, okay, we're doing everything necessary and nobody's going to get it. And I really do hope that's the case. For 80% of the population, you're not going to get it. And that's fantastic. And we all want to be part of that 80%. And we all assume that we're going to be part of that 80% because we're, we either believe this is all a hoax or, and again, if you think it's a big hoax, then come back to part two because I think there's some validity to at least thinking about that and and addressing it. So come back to part two. That's where... Dr. High is going to talk, but it is what it is. You all, I mean, just think about the things that could be problematic right now and then start coming up with solutions for them. Uh, another thing that I like to say in classes, it's just a thing. It's just a thing. It's all right. I do this to our wilderness survival students all the time. You know, they're supposed to be, build shelters and fires and all the time. And sometimes they have to do it for time. And every once in a while I dump a bucket of water on their fire or some variation of it. And, you know, it's just a thing. Let's work through it. You know, it's just a thing. And so it is uh, It is what it is, you all, and we need to work through it. Keep in mind, it is what any situation that you come to, it is what you should call the new normal. 
this idea of being sequestered in our homes or focusing our attention, staying at home and not getting out and being around crowds and all that stuff. This is the new norm, at least in the short term, maybe for longer than we expect it to, but at least in the short term. And that is the new normal. Learn how to look at that new normal and embrace it. Learn what it takes to embrace it. See what it is that, that about the new norm that you like. There's going to be some things that you like about it if you allow yourself to see them. There's obviously some things due to the change you're not going to like about it, but if we get too focused on those negative things, then it's not beneficial to us. You can always find a positive. Find a positive, no matter what's going on. You know, I'm seeing a lot of families that are getting closer. I've seen a bunch of silly videos that families have put together where they did things outside or uh, did things together as a family. People are playing games as a family people are getting online and doing zoom meetings and well i had a meeting with a crew that i do some work with here in winchester this week and there was about 20 of us on a zoom meeting and uh we actually just tried to have fun with it and played with it a little bit i did some uh, some uh, educational resources for georgia bushcraft this past weekend where they had a big live meeting that we were supposed to have Georgia bushcraft this past weekend where dozens and dozens of people go to Georgia and do this fantastic bushcraft gathering. It was my first one. I didn't get to go, but we had a virtual meeting and I offer some education there. Um, if you're interested in that, it's called uh, the uh, Buds, Birds, and Baseline of Bushcraft, the three B's of bushcraft. Check that out on my blog on naturereliance.org. Um, got a, uh, I don't know if we'll get a link for that in there producer men will remember to put that in but anyway you can go to naturereliance.org and see that blog piece and anyway the point being is that people are trying to find positives you know georgia bushcraft didn't have to do that they they they've got a lot of their own stuff that they need to be taken care of but we created a an opportunity for learning there and it went off really well I'm very pleased with it so last but not least don't give up and don't give in you know, don't fall victim to the idiots that are out there stealing all the toilet paper or fighting over the toilet paper and all that stuff. And, and again, um, avoid what I would refer to, and I have them listed here, the four poisons of the mind. And I just recently published on my blog again. Man, I'm hitting the Nature Alliance website a lot today. I uh, didn't really plan on that, but it works. But there's another blog piece on naturereliance.org right now called The Four Poisons of the Mind, where I talk about fear, confusion, hesitation, and surprise. So uh, listen to that, uh, or go, go over there and read that. I've got a, a lot of ways to overcome those four poisons of the mind, and that'll help you, I believe. So check that out when you can. And the last thing, two, two, two more things that I want to throw in here on this positive side of looking at the current coronavirus situation situation and that is number one commune with the dead uh commune with the dead what i mean by that is learn from those that have come before us you know look back at the spanish flu uh look at different parts of the world where people have dealt with pandemic type situations see how they handled it read about it as best you can and think man what happens if that happens here and start coming up with solutions for those problems that way you can come up with a, a proper solution for things that you may not have ever thought about before until now. And so don't sit in your misery and go, oh, man, I can't believe this has happened. I don't know what to do. Well, use it as an opportunity to learn. Learn about the Spanish flu, which is a as good as we can get as far as something that has affected a large segment of the world's population and how they handled it and learn from it. See what we can learn from it. Obviously, it's a very different virus, but it the 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 way that people... 
reacted to it is worthy of our consideration. And add to the fact that when that happened compared to now is a considerable amount of time and people are even less prepared to, to take care of themselves and be more self-reliant today than they were back then. And the last thing I want to throw in here, this is number two of the last two things I want to talk about, is just be humble. Just be humble in your approach with working with people, talking to people, being around people, and try to um, try to put out from you calmness and level-headedness in such a way that people will mirror that rather than mirroring the aggressive, ugly behavior that comes along with what some of these idiots tend to do. So this has been uh, Craig Cottle for the Survival Show podcast, Manly Musing segment, part one of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Thanks for joining me again. Um, Check out the Tiny Survival Guide, you all. I just don't think you can get any better of a quick reference guide than the Tiny Survival Guide that we put together, David and I put together. Uh, David doing most of that prettiness and work and making it foldable and all the good things that he did is fantastic, and I wrote a considerable amount of the content inside of it. So thank you all for listening, and I hope you're doing well out there. And I hope you thrive through this situation rather than just survive. And I know you can because you've been listening to us. You've been listening to others. You've been paying attention to others and all the things that go along with it. And look forward to you coming back and listening in on part two, the Mr. Hyde version. So until then, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp. <laughs>